Well, we have a lot to cover today, and we've got a lively crew, I can tell already. This is awesome on Mother's Day. I want to start, first of all, with this great scene of the ascension that we're told about. After Jesus' death and his resurrection, 40 days later, he ascends up into heaven to the right hand of God. What does this mean for us? It means a lot. But one of the things that it means is this. That Jesus, who is fully human like us, he is our brother. Jesus has taken our humanity up into heaven right next to the Father. Right there. We are, by faith, already right here with our Father in heaven. And right here, Jesus is there pleading for us and interceding for us and taking our prayers to the Father. And yet at the same time, Jesus isn't absent from us. He's not absent. Now, true, he's not visibly walking around anymore like the rabbi from Nazareth. But Jesus is still fully present to us in his church. Now, Luke wrote two books in the Bible, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, which we heard in our first reading. And Luke does this interesting thing. I want to take you back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And we're told there that the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says to her, he explains to her, that she's going to be the mother of Jesus through these words. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now fast forward with me now all the way through the life of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, and now we're in Acts chapter 1, which I read for you, and Jesus made this interesting promise to his disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Do you notice the similar language that's used in Luke 1 and in Acts 1? Now, we read on in Acts 1, verse 14, it tells us, here's an interesting note, that Mary was there with the disciples. What's that all about? And as we will hear then next week from Acts chapter 2, the great story of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit will now come upon the disciples, will come upon the church, and the church will begin to give life. 3,000 people are baptized on that first day of the church, on Pentecost. So what do you think Luke's trying to say to us? Here's what I think. That the Holy Spirit comes with power upon Mary, and she becomes the mother of Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit comes with power on the church, and she becomes the mother of all believers. This is one reason why we have a picture of Mary in our church, that icon there back behind the pulpit. And why oftentimes in Pentecost, pictures or icons, it's interesting, Mary is usually pictured at the very center of what is going on. Why is this? Because, see, she becomes for us a picture, an image to help us understand Holy Mother Church. As she was the mother of Jesus, she reminds us that the church is our mother. In fact, do you remember this scene at the cross? There Jesus, as he's dying, looks at his mother Mary And he says to her, woman, behold your son. And then he looks at his disciple, John, and he says to him, behold your mother. What's that all about? Well, first of all, no respectable son calls his mama woman, right? Okay, we know that. The second thing is, though, I don't think Jesus is just looking at John and saying, you know, I'm going to be gone, so I want you to take care of her so she doesn't have to go in the old folks' home. No. What Jesus is doing here is he's taking us back to the very beginning, to the very first woman, to Eve. 
And Eve in Genesis is called the mother of all the living, except actually all of Eve's children die, don't they? We all die. What Jesus is going to do at the cross is make a new woman. And this is what Mary's presence at the cross and Mary's presence even at Pentecost reminds us of. Again, she's this picture to help us understand what Jesus is doing. You see, just as Eve was made from the very side of Adam, Jesus' side on that cross is pierced. And what comes out of his side? Water and blood, the two great sacraments, baptism and the Holy Eucharist. And a new woman is made, the church. And the church is the true mother of all the living Because through the Holy Church, through the Word, and through the sacraments, what Jesus does for us is He gives to us eternal life, and we will never die. See, this is the great mystery for us. Just as Jesus was once inside the womb of His mother Mary, inside of her, Jesus, who's now ascended to heaven, is still inside our mother, the church. He's still here, and he's still present for us. And just as Mary once gave birth to Jesus, and then she nursed Jesus, and then she took care of Jesus, this is what Holy Mother Church does for us. And in fact, this church building that we dedicated just two years ago, which I still actually can't believe it's it's already been two years that we've been in here, but what this church is designed to to do for us is to teach us what Holy Mother Church does for us. I mean, here at the very entrance as you come in is this baptismal font. This is what's called the womb of the church because here, through water and the Holy Spirit, we are given new birth. Children of God are made in this sacrament of baptism. And then from here, we go directly down the center aisle up to this altar where Mother Church nurses her children with what the Scriptures call pure spiritual milk, the body and blood of Jesus. And here she teaches her children the ways of the Lord, just like every good mother does. So let me ask you this. If this is God's big, beautiful plan to save us, that Jesus, through his church, through our mother, gives us life, nurtures our life, then ladies, mothers, what does this say about you? In fact, what does this say about the dignity and the value and the beauty of every woman? Every woman is a sign to us. Every woman is a reminder. Every woman is a picture to all of us of God's great big plan. See, we don't marvel at this enough. That God created woman with the capacity to carry human life inside of her. This is amazing. And then not only that, but when that life is born, from her own body she can feed that child. But not only that, but the Lord planted into the heart of woman this beautiful, tender, motherly heart. I mean, I can tell you this. I love my dad. 
But when I was a little boy, when I got hurt, or even when I got sick, I did not want my dad, right? I wanted mama because of her tenderness. Every woman, every woman needs to discover her call to motherhood, to motherly fruitfulness. Just like every man needs to discover his call to fatherhood, to fatherly fruitfulness. Now, you might step back and say, well, but wait a minute, Pastor. Not everybody has children. True. This is so true. It's not always biological children. But here's the thing. In a culture like ours that is so confused, we don't know what it means to be man or woman anymore. Here's the thing that we have got to rediscover. That the very definition of what it means to be a man includes his call to be fatherly. And the very definition of what it means to be a woman includes her call to always be motherly. Why is this? Because we are made, both male and female, in the image of the life-giving God. You see, when our earthly father and our earthly mother give us earthly life, that's the small picture. The big picture is that our heavenly father, through Holy Mother Church, has given to us eternal life. That's the cosmic picture that we're all in on, that our maleness and our femaleness illustrate to all of us and show us. And upon all of this, God our Father, upon Mary, and then upon the church, and upon all of us, God, through his son Jesus, has poured out on us his Holy Spirit. And as we're going to say in the creed in just a moment, that Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. Our God is the God of life. And we are all, male and female, called to life, fatherly giving of life, motherly giving of life, nurturing of life. We are called to this. It's what it means to be human. But we live in a culture that has so mistreated women, has it not? Rather than be awestruck, awestruck at this life-giving dignity and beauty of the woman, we have instead lied to men. And we've told men, you can do whatever you want to do, and you don't have to be responsible Not for the woman, not for the child. Do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about being a father. You don't have to worry about being a husband. And finally, even our culture and the society around us is getting angry about this. I mean, if you've watched the news the last year or two, finally our culture even is angry about this, and rightly so. But then we go to other extremes, and we lie to women We tell them that having children is oppressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having children, children aren't a gift. Oh, no, children are an obstacle. Children are even a curse. Women, you've got to be liberated from children and, and from men because they hold you back from your goals. They keep you from achieving what you want in life, what you want to have in life. And that's how you really have value in this world. It's what you have. 
And what does it do to your body? Oh, see, having children, look what that's going to do to your body, ladies. Mm. You're going to have to sacrifice your body to have children. You're going to have to maybe even shed your blood. It's probably going to scar you and do all kinds of other things to your body. And you know what? That's not beautiful. In an airbrushed, photoshopped world of models, and we say, here's the model of what it means to be a woman. In an era of whatever plastic surgery you possibly want, we look at mothers and we say, that's not beautiful. I mean, think about it. the paparazzi. They follow, you know, celebrity women around who have babies, and they're, they're fascinated with this before they have the baby, after they have the baby. And it's always about, how does she look in a swimsuit? sick. It's so sick. Think about what we're teaching our daughters. But that same culture, friends, this is why we as Christians are so different. That same culture looks at him and says, he's ugly. Look at him. He gave his body and it scarred him. And it wounded him. But we look at him. We look at him in faith and say, oh, no, no, no. He's beautiful. He is all beautiful. Because that sacrifice is for love. Those on his body are the scars of love. Mothers, those marks on your body are the scars of love. And don't let anybody tell you differently. By the way, who gave him his body and his blood that he, shed, that he sacrificed for us? His mother, right? His mother. So my sisters, I want to say this to you this morning. Some of you here, Lord willing, will someday be mamas. Others of you in life have been called to that other kind of motherly fruitfulness. And you've lived that so well. And there's a lot of mamas here who are now today looking back on their child-raising days, and perhaps they still wonder if they did it right. And I have no doubt that they still worry about their babies because they're always a mama. And then there's a whole lot of mamas here this morning who are in the deep end of motherhood. And life is just crazy. And you feel like as your days pass, you never get anything done. My wife always likes to say, the days are long, but the time is short. And those days are so long, filled with ordinary, mundane, sometimes rather grotesque tasks that you do. And you think to yourself, am I doing enough? Am I enough? You carry that mama guilt with you wherever you go. I want to say to all of you this morning, all of you, my sisters, thank you. Because I don't know if you see this or not, but you do the very work of God. What our God does through Holy Mother Church, what Holy Mother Church does for her children, is what each of you mothers, you holy mothers, do for your children. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon you with power. So I want to close with this little video that I stumbled upon. Now, as we watch this video, 
these families maybe have some different traditions, religious traditions, than we do as Lutheran Christians. Here's the reason why I want you, though, to watch this video. I want you, just like the little kids up here were sharing, I want you to listen to what these children say about their mothers. Can we get it? We don't know what happened to the sound. All right, well, then I can't, you can't listen to what the children say about their mother. Let's go ahead and shut it off. I'm going to tell you what one of the little girls said, and this isn't going to come off near as cute because I'm not a little girl, <laughs> if you didn't know that. Um, one of the little girls says, I think my mommy is really pretty, even though she doesn't think she is. I wish you could have heard her say it. Oh, my sisters, you are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. Would you please stand? Let's confess our faith.